Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Gallagher Jr. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. It's available on Amazon. Great book by BJ Trolio. Today we have Hayden Buckley on the podcast. Grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. Played his junior golf there. Really loved baseball first, but uh, kind of a late bloomer. Went on to the University of Missouri, where he uh, was actually Missouri Athlete of the Year his senior year. Went through tour school, didn't quite make it right away. Played the Canadian tour. And uh, finally, got some part-time status, conditional status on the Cornberry Tour. And just uh, the first tournament of the 2021 year one on the Corn Ferry Tour down in Florida. So let's uh, listen to Hayden's journey. I've known this young man for, I guess, half his life, but he's so young, it's pretty easy to know somebody for 12 or 13 years. And watched him play as a junior golfer in Mississippi and just watched his career as he continues uh, to get better. And now as our newest, latest winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. It's Hayden Buckley from Tupelo, Mississippi. Hayden, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Nice to hear from you again. Well, I'm really proud of you. I know uh, it's been quite a journey for you. And you know, as I said, I've watched you play a lot of junior golf. And But who? You know, your dad was a good athlete, played baseball at Ole Miss. You were a huge Ole Miss fan. Did he get you started playing? But who got you, or who did get you started uh, playing golf? You know, I'll never forget. I think I was, I watched some home videos about a year ago. Um, you know, I know we don't really have like video players anymore. Or nobody even has DVD players anymore, I don't think. But um, we still had one at my house and, and I found some old videos. And I think I was two or three years old. And my, my grandfather on my mom's side actually got me out there hitting like plastic clubs. It's funny too. I actually picked up a club left handed and swung it like that for about a month. And uh, I'll never forget watching one of these videos and getting yelled at by a couple of people to turn around the right way, as they said. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if, you know, I guess I can credit them for keeping me right-handed. I don't know how I'd be lefty, but, uh, but that was, you know, I guess that was kind of the start. But I feel like, you know, nowadays it seems like all the kids are kind of doing that with plastic clubs. And, uh, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really get into golf. I don't remember playing that early. I know I played a lot of soccer and a lot of baseball and, you know, even kind of some basketball every once in a while, but never really remember wanting to go out to the course much until, you know, really until, you know, middle school. We we could try out for the high school team, and, you know, all of it, there's about six or seven of us. And in Tupelo, everybody in, in Mississippi knows Tupelo had a pretty good, pretty good, they were a pretty good stretch of, of golf teams there for seven or eight years. I think we won a bunch of state championships in a row, and, um, you know, we all just wanted to make the team, and I think all seven or eight of us did, and, you know, I kind of got into it, but I was still playing baseball during that time. So, you know, you, you want to play baseball or golf. At that age, it's like, man, baseball is a team sport. You get to travel. Golf, you're kind of stuck at, you know, you're stuck there a little bit alone practicing. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit harder to play tournaments. Back then, it felt like even, you know, 10 years ago, it felt like it was a little bit tougher. But now you got seventh, grade, seventh graders, you know, winning big golf tournaments around the country. And, um, you know, I just I like baseball a lot more. That was the that was the, the bottom line. I just I loved playing. My dad obviously played, and I just really thought I would play. You know, forever. I guess every kid probably has that dream of playing forever in the majors. And uh, and I think high school was the point. Ninth grade hit, and 
they made me choose baseball or golf. And I kind of realized at that point, like, you know, I'm five foot eight, 130 pounds, 140 pounds. I'm probably not going to make it in baseball. I don't see myself, you know, growing six inches and, and gaining a hundred pounds and becoming some big, you know, some big pitcher. I, I was a pitcher. So I didn't see myself throwing a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> so golf, so golf was kind of just, uh, it was kind of like, man, I don't think I can do anything else. So it's gotta be golf. So that's when I'll never forget Jim Rose, you know, sat me down and was like, if you want to play, you know, in college, then this is what you got to do. And I started practicing pretty hard in my grade. So I was a little bit late to the party, I guess from today's standards, but yeah, you know, Jim got was, into it and got better. Yeah. Jim was your pro and he was, uh, he taught a lot of really good players. He taught and, and learned under Claude Harmon, of course, when he was back in Texas, but you know, with a lot of our listeners and they've got parents listening and kids listening, you know, how important is it for, you know, to not specialize and to play all those sports growing up and what did that do? And what'd you learn from those other sports that maybe helped you with your golf? Yeah, I mean, I, I think even from, from an early age, I think the team sports, so they, I guess golf technically is a team sport in some way, like in high school and college, but uh, but, but you're a lot, there's a lot more alone time out there playing golf. So at least playing the team sports early, you obviously learn, you know, you learn some leadership skills, even if you don't really, you don't realize it then, but I realize it now later in life. But, you know, you learn how to lead your team. You learn how to lead, trust your teammates. There's a lot of things that, even relating it to a pro level, I still have a team. I mean, just because I'm out here alone, I've got, you know, I've got coaches, I got trainers, I've got all the, I got agents, all this stuff. And so you start, you learn a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of these things that you know kids aren't thinking about. You learn those things, and the bottom line is, you're you're being athletic. If you look at my golf swing, if you watch my game, I don't have the most beautiful golf swing looking. You know, if you watch just a simple video of it. It doesn't look like the most beautiful swing, but it's very athletic. I've learned a lot of things, you know, over the years that I like to do. And, you know, I've never really tried to perfect the swing. I just kind of let it come to me. And uh, and my coach is really good with that now, you know, understanding I don't like to be super technical. But, uh, you know, playing soccer and basketball and baseball, you know, I ran around a lot. I got athletic. And, you know, if you look at the training nowadays, I do a lot of – I work out a lot, but, you know, a lot of the training has to do with speed, you know, a lot of, you know, quick movements that you see in soccer and, and baseball and basketball. And, um, and, you know, you don't play those sports growing up and, uh, it, it definitely can hold you back. I, I really, I really just enjoyed being around people and, and being on a team and kind of that camaraderie. And then you get into college, I guess most kids are probably wanting to play college golf. Uh, you get on a team and you got to learn to, to, to mix in with the team very well. You know, I was, I was the only guy I went to Missouri. So a little bit different field than, than the South, you know, I'm from the South and, and I went eight hours North. And so all these, all these guys, we got guys from Scotland we got guys from, you know, California, New York, wherever. And my coach was from New York. So a lot of different personalities are mixing. So, uh, you know, learning to be on a team early, even if it's with your buddies, uh, it's, it's really, I think it's really important just for everything you're going to do if you want to play in college and eventually in the pro level. Uh, I think it's just really important, not only physically, but, you know, also with, with just personality, you know, learning personalities and, uh, and being able to, being able to mesh well with other people. Cause that's the bottom line. Out here. You're never really going to be alone. There's always going to be guys like I've, I've told a bunch of people, you don't want to do this, you know, this pro life. A lot of it's rough. You know, there's a lot of mini tour stuff. There's a lot of, you know, Monday qualifying unless you unless you make it early, 
um, there's a lot of times you're in, in the middle of nowhere and you want to have buddies there and you want to share hotel rooms and all these things that, that you learn, uh, you know, being on a team. So I, I really, I'm really glad I didn't play golf until ninth grade. Um, wish I would have been a little bit better in high school. It may have changed a few things, but you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty glad I, I stuck it out with baseball and stuff until ninth grade. You know, you mentioned that in, in, in being a late bloomer, and I remember that. I remember us, and I don't know if you remember, we had a conversation in Greenwood, and you had a choice between Rice and Missouri, and, and Rice maybe offered a little bit more, and we went over the pros and cons, and I just felt like, you know, Rice is a great school, and you were really good academically, made a good score on your ACT, and that was real important to you. And, and it was just like, hey, the SEC, even though you're going to have to go north, it's going to be a little bit different. But you had a great career at Missouri. You were actually Missouri Athlete of the Year your senior year. Not golfer, yeah. but athlete. And that had to be quite an honor, and you had to be pretty proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because it took me a while. I think my freshman year of college, obviously I wasn't recruited much by anybody, so I, I didn't have the talent level. Again, I, I think playing those team sports, I learned to work hard. Obviously, you have – you know, teammates making mistakes, so you got to try to make up for it. And I think my whole life I just learned to work hard. And um, I did that at Missouri, but I just wasn't talented enough. You know, you're coming in, all of a sudden you go from a senior in high school, so you're the oldest guy on the team. You know, you're you're pretty much leading the team. Me and Austin Rose, we were, uh, we were the one and two man, and, uh, you know, we're kind of leading the team. We're playing really well, and then all of a sudden it's flipped. Now you're a freshman in college. And there's guys there that are 22 years old that have been there for four years and are looking to turn pro and, uh, you know, have won golf tournaments. And so, so all of a sudden you go from, you know, feeling like you're, you're the man. And then now you're like, do I even belong here? And that, that was a question I asked myself the first month of college was, do I even belong here? I know I have a, you know, a 1% scholarship. I pretty much walked on. Um, but do I even belong here was a, was a very common question. And, you know, I never forget. I just I told myself to work hard and and have good grades, so they couldn't hold it against me. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't want them to. I didn't want them to sit there and say, "Hey, man, like you're not playing well and your grades aren't very good. Like, what are you doing?" And you know, so my grades were fine, but I was playing terrible golf. I didn't play at all my first semester. I may have gotten into the last tournament as an individual, but you know, things weren't great. I finished dead last in the first qualifier. Um, very humbling, you know, I was like, man, I, I thought I was pretty good at golf. I know I'm not great, but I thought I was pretty good. And then you don't realize how many good players are out there, you know, until you go to college and you're playing with kids from, you know, literally across the world. And I showed up that spring and I, I knew I'd prepared pretty well in the winter and I played every tournament in the spring. Uh, I'd worked really hard again. I had to work harder than the other guys because my talent wasn't there. So I spent a lot of a lot of Saturdays when Missouri had a football game. I went out and practiced, and you know, a lot of Friday nights, some of the guys wanted to get together, and you know, I did homework just so I didn't have to do it on the weekend, so I could get get extra practice in. So there were a lot of little things. You know, I look back on them now, and I'm thinking, man, that those little things really added up. Because you look at the end of my career in college, you know, I had to battle some injuries my junior year, and finally put everything together my senior year got comfortable you know next thing i knew i you know i had won four times and you know in the first six events or the first five events i think i'd won you know three or four times and uh, you know i think i'm top five in the rankings and on golf stat and so all these things are going really well and, and even at that time i wasn't sure if i wanted to play pro um 
I worked really hard in the classroom because I thought I was going to have to work for a living after that first two years. And, you know, here I am my senior year and I shot 61 in Hawaii and I, you know, I won a few events and now I'm thinking, man, I, I might could do this for a living. And so, you know, it, there was a lot that went into it. There's a lot of sacrifices, a lot of, a lot of working out at 6 a.m. I'll never forget that. Uh, <laughs> I think every, I think every college guy out there will tell you that was uh, probably the worst part, but one of the, one of the best things I think for discipline, I mean, it really, really taught us to, to keep a schedule and to take care of ourselves the night before. And, um, you know, really kept everybody kind of in check. And um, I just, man, it, it's really tough to say, you know, will hard work really, you know, really pay off for you? I mean, obviously there's no other way to do it. I don't think. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, for those first three years, I, I worked harder than anybody on that golf team and still was not playing very well. I mean, I had a couple good events and, you know, I may have been in the top two or three on the team, but I still wasn't playing good compared to, we're talking about the whole country now. We're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, our team is ranked 70th or 80th in the country. And I don't think we got to a regional my first two years. And then, you know, things, things got better, but you're talking about a couple of years, you know, six years now since freshman year of high school, just absolutely working my butt off and not really seeing anything from it. What'd you, learn, what'd you learn about yourself in that, during that time? When you were struggling, I mean, I, I I did see a lot of a lot of mental issues. I think was, was the one thing I, I didn't work as hard on. I don't think people realize that, that physically you can you know you can work out, you can practice. You know, I, even today I I worked out this morning and practiced all day, and you know, so physically I feel like everything went well today, and I did that a lot those six years. Uh, but mentally, I never I never really worked on my mental game. I just kind of thought, you know, the more reps I get, the better I'll get it. You know, I'll make a, I'll make a double bogey and maybe get a little bit upset and then I'll figure out how to deal with it and see what, you know, the more I do it, the better. That, that's kind of my, that was my philosophy for those, those few years. Um, the more reps I get, you know, the stronger I get, I'll get mentally, but that's just not the case. You know, you really have to, it's hard to say you have to meet with somebody, a sports psychologist or, or somebody that knows what they're talking about. But we had that option at school. We were lucky. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget we had a guy, and and we sat down starting that junior year about that time when I started to kind of – I kind of saw – oh, I got hurt that junior year, but um, that's kind of why I went to him, actually, because mentally I was just in the dark place. Um, you know, I had to sit out for three months, and we just started meeting every week, and, and we just t we talked about, you know, how I felt. It was almost like a therapist, but um, – at the same time, we were talking about golf. We were talking about, you know, what I saw when I was playing and how I prepared for tournaments and all these things. And I think having somebody like that, whether it's a coach, whether it's a parent, somebody that at least has a little bit of insight onto, you know, how to stay positive out there, I, it's really important. It's, it's something even now that, you know, I feel like is, is the one part of my game that I still have to constantly work on the most. Um, you know, obviously, I think, my ball striking has been really good for a few years now. It's kind of been what I rely on. You know, the short game's gotten better. The putting's gotten better. Uh, and it's always a constant, you know, grind. But I think mentally there's just never, ever going to be a, a time where it's, you know, I'm 100% mentally, you know, at a great place. That's hard to, it's hard to get there. I mean, even the week before I won, uh, you know, last week, 
I wasn't in a great place mentally. I wasn't even in the tournament. It's hard to be in a good place mentally. And you're like, hey, I've played pretty good, and I'm still not getting in these events. What do I have to do? Um, so there's a lot there's a lot to it, but but finding somebody to to just talk about things with, I think was 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 really a huge part of it. And you know, I still talk to him a little bit now. I, I call him every few weeks, and you know, we stay in touch. But uh, it's it's really tough to to handle all of this on your own. So you know, surrounding yourself with people that that know what they're doing is, is really important. Yeah, and sometimes tell you the truth when you don't want to hear the truth. I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's, I, they. I, I told I tell you my college coach will still tell you if you called him right now he'd say, you know I had a little bit of an anger issue I think for a couple of years and a lot of that came from, you know outworking every single guy on that team and still getting beat by him that was I mean it drove me nuts uh, there was nothing I hated more than than losing to a certain few guys and I'll still tell him today we we still talk and you know I'll still tell him man I I outworked you every single day I had better grades than you I did everything right I never got in trouble. And you still went out there. You wouldn't even practice all week, or you'd leave practice right at four o'clock. I would stay till dark, and you would still beat me every single week. And I hated that. Uh, and I think that kind of caused a lot of anger issues to come out. And uh, and obviously, college can do a lot of things to you. But I didn't think it was a problem, and my coaches thought it was a problem, and other people thought it was a problem. And so I worked on it. And it wasn't like Tyrell Hatton anger issues, but you know, I think we've all seen we've all seen those on TV. But you know, there was definitely some times where you know a bogey led to three bogeys in a row instead of you know now I see a lot more a lot more bogeys followed by birdies, and I think a lot of that obviously it depends on the course and the conditions. But I think a lot of it is mentally I just I don't care anymore when I make a bogey just because I know. You know, I know my ball striking is, is in a great place. It's been in a great place. And I know that I'm going to create opportunity. So a bogey just doesn't hurt me anymore. It used to just absolutely kill me. So uh, there's been a lot of hard work mentally, I think. You know, physically, people can tell you, I mean, I'm 180 pounds now. So I, I gained almost, you know, 30, 35 pounds since my freshman year of college. And um, I'm hitting it a lot farther, which is nice. But mentally, the things people don't see is mentally I've I've really – taking another step well that that's that leads to the question in the book only one shot we try to figure out what separates the elite athlete or elite golfer in the case of the book but in your mind you've answered a lot of that and i think you've hit on a bunch of those uh you know characteristics but what separates the elite player from say the average player even at your level at the pro but just those guys that maybe take it to another level and you've played against some of these guys and you're continuing to play but what separates that elite uh, golfer from the maybe the average I, I mean, I, I really think there's something to say about, you know, people talk about the clutch gene and, and being able to show up at the right time. I think the one thing I talk about with my coach the most is playing well at the right time. And, you know, somebody could say, you know, every time's the right time to play well, but it's not. You know, I had a I had a great season in Canada two years ago. I finished, you know, sixth on the tour. I had like four or five top tens and a win. Uh, out of 12 events, you know, so you're talking about half your events being, you know, shooting 15 under or better and playing really good golf. And, um, and next thing I know, a year later, I go from on top of the world to, you know, having conditional status on the corn Ferry tour and not getting a start. And so I really feel like the best out here, I think if you look at, you know, Will Salatoris, if you look at, you know, Davis, if, even if you look at Morikawa and, and Matt Wolf, they, they took a few sponsor exemptions and turned it into a career, um, pretty much a, a locked-in career for the rest of their life. Uh, and, you know, not to mention 
you know, millions of dollars. But I think just being able to play well at the right time, obviously it comes with, you know, I think it comes with a lot of experience getting in final groups and, you know, feeling the nerves. You know, I felt nerve. I felt a lot of nerves actually last week. Uh, not really until my 18th hole. I knew that a birdie would win the tournament and I could feel it walking down the fairway and, uh, and it affected me a little bit, but in the playoffs, um, you know, I knew that this was my time. If there's, there's a time for me to show up, I didn't show up at Q school. I played very poorly at Q school, which caused me to kind of have issues getting in tournaments. And, you know, I had a couple of events last year where, you know, one or two late birdies may have been a top 10. Instead, I made, you know, one bogey coming in in my last four holes. And so there's just been too many opportunities for me to play well uh, at certain times, and I just hadn't done it. Um, but, you know, last week I think showed just being able to be clutch and and, and really kind of shake off the, what it means. You know, I knew winning that golf tournament would absolutely change my life. I think a second-place finish would have changed my life. It still would have you know, pretty much guaranteed a full season and, you know, moved me way up the money list. But winning the golf tournament really does change your life in a lot of cases. And, you know, the guy I played with, unfortunately, he didn't, he had a three shot lead with five holes to play and, and didn't even get in the playoff. And so I mm. kind of saw, you know, you talk about playing well at the right time. You're talking about a guy who's played, you know, 67 holes of pretty good golf. He's a 16 under par. I mean, I've played, some really good golf and I'm three shots back and I'm like man this guy can par in and win by three he can make you know he can make two bogeys coming in and still win this golf tournament um and he didn't and I just kind of saw I could I could see that you know I could see it in him I could see the nervousness come out and it, it almost calmed me down a little bit which was nice I, it's hard to say you know what exactly separates everybody you know obviously you know you, you look at DJ and somebody's got the top in the world I feel like ball striking is is a thousand percent one of the most important things. And I see it in my game. You know, I told people, I talked on a few podcasts and I told people last week, you know, I played really well, obviously won the tournament. It's great, but I didn't make a putt outside of, I think I made two putts outside of 10 feet the whole week. And, you know, you're talking about through two rounds, not making a bogey. And, you know, that's not from good putting. You know, I do, I do believe putting is very important. I think short game is very important. I think everything all mixes together and is very important. But you know, when your ball striking is, and when you feel like, when you feel like you can't miss, and you're hitting 16, 17 greens around, it's really hard to play bad. I mean, you really have to try to play bad if if you're doing that. So it's hard to to know really what separates. But from what I've seen, I mean, guys just aren't scared. Not one guy is scared out there if they're having a success. You know, Will Zalatoris. You know, he's top 50 in the world. I was playing Corn Ferry with him, you know, three or four months ago. Uh, now he's top 50 in the world, and he's not scared. I mean, not not one bit of him is scared. I wasn't scared last week. I got I was the last guy in the field. Um, I don't know why. It's kind of portrayed like a Cinderella story. I don't know why that was the, that was the case. I didn't feel like a Cinderella story. Uh, but obviously I got in at a weird time, And um, but I just was never scared from the start. You know, I just – you got to know – if you put in the time, you put in the work, you just have to know that you can beat anybody out there. And you are, you know, I feel like every day I show up, I'm, you know, the best player there. If, if not the best, I'm one of the best players there. And, you know, you obviously, you're not, you're going to lose a lot more than you win. But uh, but knowing that you have that ability to win, 
and you see it. You know, I didn't see it at a high school level very much, but I saw it late in college, and I've seen it, you know, a little bit in the pro level, and um, you know, it's just a matter of time, and, and that's what I talk about all the time with my coaches. It's just a matter of time before we have these chances, and I don't think, I don't think that'll be my last chance to win a golf tournament. So, um, yeah, it's 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 hard. Again, it's hard to to know exactly what separates people, but from from how I played last week and from how I've seen other guys play, it's it's really just going out and you know not trying to win a golf tournament, but just going going to try and play as good as you can and really try. It feels like trying to birdie every single hole out there is what it feels like. You know, you mentioned. You know, going through all these different struggles and, you know, missing tour school and, and this and that. What are you learning about yourself in this process? Uh, and I know you, you kind of talk about a not giving up out of attitude and it motivates you. Uh, but what are you learning about yourself with some of those misses before you finally got into the tournament and won uh, the Corn Fair event? Yeah, you know, I mean, it really does go back. You know, we talked about this at the beginning of, of playing those other sports, and I think. You know, early on, I was I was playing baseball and had a pretty strict coach. And um, you know, I, I played first base, and I'll never forget he. You know, every time a ball hit the fence behind me, if the ball got by me, I was running a lap. So you know, you kind of feel like, you know, you have something. It's not always the case, but sometimes you have coaches that really push you and and try to toughen you up. And I think I took that, uh, and I never forgot that. So so all along in high school, I'm thinking, man, I, I'm tough. I, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to find a way. That was kind of my mentality just all along. Um, ever since I sat down and was, was committed to playing college golf, I'm going to go do it. And, you know, the hardest part is, you know, in college you, you have a team. Um, you're sur- you can be surrounded by – you can have negative influences on your team or you can have really good influences. And um, and I had a little bit of both. You know, it was kind of a weird mix, but um, – you know, I always kept my head down and never really, never really, you know, thought about, you know, the, the the big picture. I never really looked to the future. I just thought, man, if I can do little things every day, if I can, you know, what can I do to the, to, to be a little bit better today? That, that was kind of my whole mindset. Um, but, but even turning pro, um, you know, it was tough. I, I feel like I was playing a lot of good golf and just wasn't, you know, wasn't where I needed to be to have success. And I think that just kind of shows how hard it is to get out here. I don't think people really realize how hard it is to get out here. Cause you know, you're talking about a guy that finished sixth on the Canadian tour, played really good golf, played bad at Q school. And, you know, was sitting there last spring, you know, a year ago this time with zero starts. And I thought, man, I, I've been playing pretty good golf. You know, why, why don't I, why am I not in golf tournaments? You know, why can't I play? And, you know, I, I just kept pushing. I kept playing Monday qualifiers. I kept shooting really low scores. I, I was doing everything right, it felt like. I was taking care of my body. And, you know, I kept seeing I kept seeing so much good, but, but nothing to show for it. So, I mean, really learned a lot about myself just knowing that, you know, I didn't let it affect me, knowing that it is a long process. You know, not, not everybody is, you know, Matt Wolf and Colin Morikawa and, I think that's the biggest issue is those guys are playing so well and have made so much money and have, you know, they're on TV every week. I think these kids are seeing them and thinking, man, if I just work hard, then I'm going to be that guy, you know, tomorrow. And it's just, those are the rare few, you know, those are the, the, the 0.1% that, that fast track their way up. But then you, you come out to pro golf and you see, you know, 
you see 35 year old guys that still haven't made it, that still have a dream to make it. And they sacrifice everything out there and they're still trying. And I think you just have to realize that it really is a, it's a long journey no matter what. And, you know, whatever your journey is, you just kind of have to have to accept it. And just, if you don't like where it is, then, then do something about it. And that was the biggest thing for me. I, I started working harder. I moved to Florida You know, I moved away from all my friends back home. Um, you know, after I got out of college, I was at home for a little bit and it was nice to see everybody, but you know, knowing that I can practice every day in Florida in the winter, it's an investment. I got to go down, uh, I got to be away from people, kind of make a new home. And, um, and, and that's just a part of the journey. So, you know, my whole life has just kind of been, you know, keep your head down, work hard, you know, let everybody else do what they want, but I'm going to do what I think is going to make me the best player out there. And, you know, regardless of my, my, world golf ranking or what status I have, I know that I'm going to make it. That's just kind of, that's been the mindset from the, from the beginning. I know I'm going to make it. I don't know when, I mean, everybody asks me, you know, when are you playing the masters? I want tickets. I get that question a lot, <laughs> Good uh, which is kind of funny. I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know about that one. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when are you, when are you going to be on TV every week? Cause unfortunately we're still not broadcasted on, on the corn Ferry tour, but until the kind of the end of the season, but, you know, when are you going to be on TV? And, um, you know, I said, look, man, I, it could be, you know, in a few weeks or it could be in you know five years. I really don't know, but I'm just going to do everything I can to get there. And again, it's a matter of playing good at the right time. And for me, last week was huge. You know, I, you talked about playing pretty good golf last season. It felt like, and, and not being in the golf tournament to start the week. Um, and not sure if I'm going to be in the next tournament, you know, I've been sitting here for three months. I don't want to miss out on a golf tournament that I feel like I felt like I was going to be in. So, um, you know, I got an opportunity. I've had a couple opportunities in the past few years. And finally I thought, man, now's your chance to just at least make a cut and maybe better yourself for the next week or the next few weeks. And sure enough, I'm standing there Saturday morning. I haven't made a bogey through two rounds. Um, and I'm two shots back. And so, you know, I'm like, man, this is this is some pretty impressive golf I'm playing right now. It's just keep your head down and keep rolling. And sure enough, I'm standing there Sunday in a playoff with a 10-footer to win the golf tournament. And, you know, these things aren't going through my head of, man, this is going to change your life. This is this. But, you know, I, I'm sitting there with a 10-footer, and I'm the last guy, and everybody knows what it's for. And I don't know if you can probably find the video on Twitter, but there's a video of the putt. And, you know, I really don't – I don't like the fist pump or – try not to show many emotions anymore on the course. It's some bad things still come out every once in a while, but I never really show any good emotions on the course. I like to stay pretty calm, but everything just kind of poured out. I think the last seven years of just working my butt off and, you know, not really seeing a ton out of it. You know, I've seen some good things. I've made two PGA tour cuts. I've, you know, played some really good golf, but not really, not really feeling like I had a, a very stable job, you could say. You know, I didn't really ever feel like I was stable. Um, it all kind of came out after I made that putt. I mean, I, that was that was seven years in the making, and you know, it, it could have been seven more years before it came. But you know, even then, it's you know, it's a corn fairy win. It's big, but there's still a lot of work. And everybody keeps telling me, you know, oh man, that you you must have your PGA Tour card now locked up, right? And I'm like, man, I'm not even I'm not even in the top 25 now after that win. So. Uh, there, there's a lot still to do, but to have a full season now and to 
you know, really be free. Now I really have, I feel like there's no pressure now. I just had the biggest, obviously the biggest win of my career. And there's a lot of good things coming off of that. So there's no pressure. Um, you know, obviously there's a ton of confidence there and, and a lot of hard work that I've done, you know, the last seven years is going to continue for the next, you know, however many years I play. And I'm just going to, you know, find ways to, to get in there and compete. And, um, you know, the bottom line is just, taking advantages when you can you get an opportunity i got an opportunity to play in college and i wasn't going to let it you know slip by and not not do my best so you know that was definitely that one little offer for college was probably the probably the biggest thing i've ever you know the probably the best thing that's ever happened to me interesting because i mean that's the thing that hal sutton was on my podcast uh, a few months ago and he talked about your and you've hit on all these things that i've had written down and it's uh, your own personal journey and you, you you don't know when you're going to win and i think you you mentioned hey i won the emotions coming out the hard work's paying off i think the, the biggest thing you hit right here is now the rest of the season you can play with some freedom it doesn't mean you're not motivated doesn't mean you're not you know paying attention to what you're doing you're still going to uh, play hard i think there's similarities in your mindset than then was in mine i always felt like i was the underdog i had to play a little bit with a chip on my shoulder i wasn't given things i wasn't the best player in in indiana growing up i was the second best player and you mentioned some of these things i mean this guy would go out he, he didn't really feel like he was working at it like i was and you get frustrated but when you make a putt like you did and the feeling you had that sunday when you won hey it was worth it and I think those are the things you try to get to. But what's up next for you uh, as far as playing uh, schedule-wise? Yeah, obviously obviously, I don't have to play any Monday qualifiers anymore, which is really nice. That's, I don't think people, if they don't follow golf closely, with, you know, if they don't follow the kind of the dark side of golf closely, it's, the Monday qualifiers are just the absolute worst, uh, worst things out there. You know, I can't tell you how many rounds of, of six and seven under I've shot and gone home and um and that's really good golf no matter what course you're playing you know no matter if you're at Greenwood or if you're in you know some really really tough course you shoot six or seven under you feel like you deserve to play the next day or the next week um but no more Monday qualifiers would be really nice uh we play in Louisiana I think in two weeks I'm actually flying out uh, here in a few days to go play a mini tour event. You know, it's funny the, the director or the tournament director of the mini tour event texted me and said, Hey, are you still playing? Um, I know you won recently. I was like, man, yeah, nothing, you know, nothing's changing. You know, my schedule is not going to change much. Um, I still, you know, we have three weeks off in between these two events. So I need to go play, play tournaments. You know, that's the hardest thing is taking three or four months off of tournament play is getting back into tournament play. And, and that's why, you know, the win, was, it wasn't surprising, but, you know, I, I told, I've told a couple people, I felt terrible the week before, you know, really the, the few weeks leading up to this golf tournament last week. I really didn't feel great physically. I hadn't played a lot of golf uh, competitively. I've been practicing a lot. I had a minor injury over the break that, that kind of set me back a month. And, um, you know, I really didn't feel like I was – a hundred percent ready for the golf tournament. So even mentally I was, you know, if I didn't get in last week, I wasn't going to be, you know, I wasn't going to be super upset. Um, I knew I had a lot to, a lot of work to do. So, um, it's crazy, man. Now, now I've got, you know, obviously full status. I've got every event if I want it, but we play in Louisiana 
after that mini tour event, I'll play that. Uh, I think we go to Savannah, Georgia after that, and then Destin, Florida, which is really nice. I think my parents might come down to Destin, a uh, pretty popular vacation spot for a lot of people. So might have a couple others from, from my hometown come down. And, um, and then I think we have a break and then maybe play 10 in a row or 11 in a row. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how I'm playing, uh, you know, when those 10 in a row hit. You know, do I want to take an off week? But I have that I have that opportunity now. You know, in mm-hmm. the past, I'm just living week to week, don't, not sure if I'm going to get in. And so now I can plan my schedule. I can take an off week, maybe go see my coach if I want to. Um, a lot of things have opened up, obviously, and, and and there's just there's an opportunity. Again, you know, the the opportunity was there last week. I took it. I won. Um, you know, I feel like another opportunity like that may be coming. I feel like I've been playing pretty good. And, you know, if, if I have another chance on Sunday, then I think I'll, I'll be thinking back to that, those high school days and those early college days of just absolutely grinding my butt off. And, you know, now I definitely feel, I show up feeling like I'm one of the best players there, but, you know, back then I didn't, but I, I feel like the same mentality has to be there. You know, if anything now, my talents there, you know, the talent was just what was lacking for so long. So I worked so hard on, on fixing that talent level and, you know, learning things from different coaches and, you know, college coaches, high school coaches, my swing coach, uh, even, you know, Tim Yelverton, I worked a little bit with him on putting in the last few years. Um, so there, there's been a lot of things that have come together, but, you know, now it's just, you know, try to get yourself in another, try to put yourself in another spot where you can, you know, win a golf tournament or play well. And it's just, it's a long season. You know, it's not, the, it's not anywhere close to being over. So uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of exciting things coming for sure. Well, I appreciate you telling your, your journey. And I think when you look back at this podcast and it was, it was wonderful. You had on so many great topics. It's about persistence, hard work, and, you know, winning at the right time. There's so many great things you said in that and, and, and keep working hard. I mean, I think that's one of the lessons for everybody. And, you know, I kind of always end the podcast with whether in life or golf, you may have only one shot and you got to make it count. And you did, and you're making it count. And I think that's one of the things you got to be proud of yourself. You know, you've put the time in and now you're kind of getting some of those rewards, but you know, there's, there's a lot ahead for you. Uh, keep up the good play. We appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, go ahead and get you another win or two, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to hear from you. All right. Uh, and maybe your mom will come out and watch you. I remember when she was a, you were a kid, she wouldn't get off the uh, front porch of the club. She was so nervous. <laughs> I don't think – I think she maybe watched – she may have watched me one time, I think maybe once at the Honda last year. I qualified into the Honda Classic last year. I think she watched one round, but she probably wasn't paying attention. So well, maybe we can get her down. Exactly. Well, we're real proud of you, and keep up the good play, uh, and, keep, and let's keep in touch. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Thank you.